Welcome to Market Matters, our markets podcast on making sense, the hub for J.P. Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In each episode of Market Matters, we discuss the latest news and trends shaping markets today. Hi, this is Meredy Cleary from the FIC Market Structure and Liquidity Strategy team here at J.P. Morgan. I think we've all heard the term Basel III used a lot in recent months which refers to the set of prudential regulations aimed at strengthening the global capital and liquidity risk framework for banks. This topic is a little complex to say the least, but we're going to break down the key elements at play. In this episode, we'll chat through two proposals that were introduced in the US this July and why they could be impactful in shaping liquidity and market functioning. To discuss these topics, I'm joined by my colleague, Kate Finlayson, who is the global head of FIC Market Structure and Liquidity Strategy, Hey, Kate, thanks for being on here today. Hi, Meredith. Of course, it's great to be back here. So for our listeners that might not be too familiar with Basel III, this is largely seen as the final package of banking reforms in response to the global financial crisis. The international Basel III standards were finalized by the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision in 2017, with the aim of further enhancing the resilience of the banking system by updating the global regulatory capital regime. Individual jurisdictions are now tasked with the implementation of these international standards. So this brings us to why Basel III is such a buzzword right now. Across the globe, policymakers have been proposing rules to implement Basel III reform. For example, in the EU and the UK, they separately put forward rules in recent months. And in the US, two proposals were published in July, which would introduce significant changes to the risk-based capital framework. Kate, what are the key aspects of these U.S. proposals? Okay, so here we go. On July 27th, two Notice of Proposed Rulemakings, or known as NPRs, were published. The first, Basel III Endgame, this was proposed by the U.S. Federal Reserve Board of Governors, the Controller of the Currency, and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And they published an NPR to revise the risk-based capital framework applicable to large banking organizations. The second was published by the Federal Reserve Board and proposes to revise the methodology of how GSIBs, that is global systemically important banks, calculate their GSIB score and determine their surcharge. As currently drafted, both NPRs are significant. So we only have 10 minutes here today. (laughs) So maybe if we first focus on the Basel III endgame proposal. Kate, what are the key considerations here? So the Basel III endgame NPR suggests sweeping amendments to the way risk-weighted assets, RWA, is calculated for large banks. The U.S. proposal notably introduces the concept of the expanded risk-based approach, or ERBA, for calculating RWA, which, among other changes, removes a bank's ability to internally model capital requirements for all risk stripes except market risk. If finalized, ERBA would replace the existing advanced approach where internal models are permissible for the calculation of RWA across operational risk, CVA risk, market risk, and credit risk. Mm, So we haven't yet seen a detailed impact analysis from the agencies yet, but it's anticipated that the endgame proposal could materially increase bank capital requirements for large banks. We recently 
published a report for clients, which highlights that J.P. Morgan estimates the firm's RWA would increase by 30%, or $500 billion, if the proposals were to go ahead. That's right. The two largest contributors to that RWA increase are the elimination of models for credit risk exposures, as well as the addition of operational risk capital to the binding Urba capital stack, which alone would increase capital by $30 billion. And also, the calculation for operational risk RWA is particularly punitive on capital markets due to the intensive capital costs for fee-based businesses. You mentioned earlier the second NPR. Yes, this introduces key revisions to the calculation of the capital surcharges for US GSIP. Exactly. So currently, the additional capital that GSIPs have to hold is based on a score range calculated at year-end, which takes into account the balance sheet composition at that point in time. One of those revisions includes a move from single measurement date based on spot values at year-end to average daily values for a number of indicators that feed into the GSIP score. Mm. The proposal also includes other elements, including suggesting several changes to the inputs used for the surcharge calculations. One notable update adds savings and loan holding companies, private equity funds, asset management companies, and exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, to the definition of financial institutions. So this works to increase the interconnectedness score. Another worthy mention is the addition of derivatives exposures to the cross-jurisdictional category, which would further increase that indicator. And the treatment of bank exposures in connection with the OTC client clearing is another significant amendment, right? Yes, completely. Um, So currently, agency-cleared OTC notionals do not contribute to a GSIP score. So this change to include notionals would have a material impact across the largest U.S. Futures Commission merchants, or FCMs, that, based on publicly available CFTC data, provide the majority of OTC client clearing capacity across the industry. Adding this activity to the calculation would drive surcharge scores higher for the firms engaged in this business. The significant uptick in capital requirements, coupled with the GSIP surcharges, which if you think about it, would be applied to a larger RWA base as a result of this Urba methodology, you then have higher required capital even when no additional systemic risk has been added. Yeah, that's a really good point. The costs are cumulative here, right? Yeah. And the impact of the RWA increase associated with the Basel III NPR would be exacerbated by the GSIP surcharge. Exactly. Right. And of course, the number of FCMs has declined significantly in the years following the global financial crisis. This was proposed previously in 2017 by the FRB, right? Yes, the Fed board previously proposed the inclusion of agency client cleared notional, but it was shelved following extensive industry advocacy. Market participants noted that the proposal would have an adverse impact on financial stability and discourage the use of central clearing. It sounds like there are a lot of impacts, particularly with an uncertain global economic outlook heading into next year. The financial system could really benefit from consistency and clarity in regulatory standards. And while these changes apply to large banks, the unintended consequences and liquidity impacts could be felt by end investors. Yes, indeed. I mean, the provision of market liquidity is a critical function of the U.S. banking system. 
The bulk of debt and equity funding is obtained through the capital markets activities, with US GSIBs providing 50% of trading and market-making services to US businesses and state and local governments. According to recent Fed research, the limited capacity or willingness of non-bank broker-dealers to intermediate in treasury markets during periods of stress remains a concern for liquidity in these markets. Thanks, Kate. We covered a lot of ground here today, and to think we only just scratched the surface. (laughs) This is a complex topic, but understanding how these rules might impact the costs of liquidity and markets as a whole is crucial. Our report for clients that we mentioned today highlights the key anticipated impacts and direction of travel. Please reach out to your J.P. Morgan sales representative should you wish to receive this report and any of our content. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. My pleasure, Meredith. To our listeners, please stay tuned for more FIC Market Structure content on this channel. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to Market Matters. If you've enjoyed this conversation, we hope you'll review, rate, and subscribe to J.P. Morgan's Making Sense to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. and its affiliates, together J.P. Morgan, and do not constitute research or recommendation advice or an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or financial instrument. They are not issued by J.P. Morgan's research department, but are a solicitation under CFTC Rule 1.71. Reference products and services in this podcast may not be suitable for you and may not be available in all jurisdictions. J.P. Morgan may make markets and trade as principal in securities and other asset classes and financial products that may have been discussed. The FICC Market Structure Publications, or to one, newsletters, mentioned in this podcast are available for J.P. Morgan clients. Please contact your J.P. Morgan sales representative should you wish to receive these. For additional disclaimers and regulatory disclosures, please visit www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclosures. Copyright 2023, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved.